I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. We're so excited to be back and as always I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers and today we're getting down to business by discussing exactly how we can start our own with the launch of our new six-part mini-series, How to Start a Business. Oh, I'm so excited for this mini-series, you know, listening to what all of you amazing women want. Many of you want to learn how to actually practically start a business. And so, you know, over the next six months, um, once a month, we'll be dropping a mini-series. And today is part one, which is coming up with your business idea that kicks off today. So look, I guess I want to backtrack a moment, Bryony, and just start from the beginning. I want us to do a bit of a deep dive into, you know, how we can go from having that light bulb moment to actually getting started. You know, how did you do this with Adorn? And I guess, what do we do or what should we do as some of the first few steps when we have the, when we've just come up with our business idea? I think there's a few different elements to to starting a business. I think there's, um, those of us that have just stumbled across a great idea and run with it. I think there's some of us that um, have found a, a gap in the market, but it's something that they've worked on for a little while because they enjoy it themselves. So it, it's something that's sort of evolved from them. Um, it's almost an extension of their own being and that becomes sort of a natural evolution of a business. And then I think there's the people that go out and buy a business and or they invest um, and that's really down to hardcore facts around is this profitable, um, you know, what, the facts and the figures of it, you know. So there, there's a different reason, I think, for people to get into business. So I I don't know that my answer is going to be a one-size-fits-all and I'll try and keep it really condensed. But I think if you're just looking to work for yourself um, or start your own business idea, there's going to be a very different way of starting than someone who's literally just wanting to buy a business or invest. Very different. So if you're looking at starting your own thing, I think it's about Looking at, if you've got no idea, it's about looking at the things that you enjoy because the the whole saying, you never work a day in your life if you do something you love, and it's so true. Even the hard shit becomes not valid because you just love it that much. You're determined for it to work. But if you've just created a business or bought a business for the sake of being in business, when things go wrong, they kind of feel 10 times worse because you don't really like what you're doing. So I do think the key is... Again, getting to know yourself. I talk about this a lot in the podcast about understanding your personality, what makes you happy, what do you enjoy, and are there areas that you could create a business? You know, maybe you like cross-stitching. Could you start cross-stitching classes and teach people? Um, You know, maybe you like cooking. Could you do some cooking YouTube 
videos that people buy into and get your recipes or something. Like I think it's about, again, is your expectation to just have your freedom and work for yourself and do something you love or do you want something that's going to escalate into needing boards of directors and all those sorts of things again? So I think it's about having those expectations and those ideals around your own happiness and contentment. I always talk about contentment and not looking at what other people are doing in that space um, because Lord knows I would never have started Dawn if I was comparing myself to Chanel the whole time, would I? I mean, if we looked at my first images to to her images, like, I might as well have just never started. <laughs> I mean, if you look at my packaging when I first started, I may as well have never started. Like, it, you really have to be realistic about it. So the key is ultimately pick something that you love and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I didn't. I just improved on it and I just did it a different way that felt right for me and felt right for my my customer base. So it's find something that you love, improve on it, look at maybe other competitors that maybe are not doing it so well. Maybe that maybe it's just that their customer service is crap. Just have that. If you've got good customer service, you're gonna get a lot more customers. Even if your product's not that great. It just it's about the customer service. So I think it's about that, looking for something that you enjoy. Um, and then sussing out, you know, where that will fit and what what ideas and what what you could construct into a business from that. Just so valuable. And I think it's something that although we do hear a lot about do what you love and and all of that, it's, I love how you link to that to business because I actually couldn't agree more. And I think sometimes, you know, when we're in stressful situations, if we think of COVID this year and we think, I need to start something else. I need to start a side Mm. hustle because how else am I going to make X, Y, Z extra to pay for my rent this month or to pay for the additional that I'm not getting from my job? You know, I think there is a lot of pressure sometimes that can come with the idea of starting a business or a side hustle. So I guess, can you talk a a little bit about that pressure side, you know, the side where it maybe you know, you are thinking, oh, I kind of need this to make a bit of money. Yeah. And then how can we pair that with passion and and, and the love for what we do? Mm, pressure and passion. Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a good, days. yeah. Um, it's a marketing in that somewhere. I might use <laughs> yeah. that on some of our ad campaints. Thank you for that. No, anyway. um, but, Never know. Yeah. Look, I, sometimes I think pressure is good because it might push you out of your comfort zone. So maybe, just maybe during COVID, you, it's pushed you to have to do that thing that you've always wanted to do. Um, you, you know, it's almost like pushing someone off a diving board. Like it's it, you've been given that nudge. So I don't know that pressure is necessarily a bad thing, but it can be very overwhelming if you can't come up with that that idea because, again, then it becomes that whole self-doubt and that whole, oh, I'm not good enough, I can't even think of an idea and I, I'm, I'm useless because I can't even, all these people are starting businesses, why can't I? Look, the reality of it is is that some people are just born entrepreneurs. It just comes easy to them. So you can't compare yourself to someone that's wired that way. And I would have to say I'm wired that way. It's just how, I mean, I had my first business when I was 10 or 11 and I've got the profit and loss statement. Who has a profit and loss book at 10 or whatever I was? I loved that business. Oh, yeah. Like I just have to like, so I'm just wired that way. And look, I've definitely got my areas that I struggle in in other ways, but that's just for me. I can come up with business ideas super easy on the back of a, you know, a serviette. Like it's that, but then for others, it that doesn't happen that way. So don't beat yourself up if you can't find the idea. 
it's then coming back to, okay, I'm really am passionate about doing my own thing. So, again, do you want to just, do you want to be self-employed? So you, you, you're just providing a service or something that's more one-on-one or do you want to create something little? And no business is born overnight, even the overnight successes, okay? So, you, so the fact that you're struggling with the idea is part of the process, it's part of your business. So one day when you're talking back about this, you will say, oh, it took me two years to come up with this idea. That will be part of your journey. So don't begrudge the fact that you can't come up with the idea. This is part of the planning for your business because I can bet your bottom dollar while you're struggling and beating yourself up over the idea, you're researching you're finding out things about yourself, like, no, I don't want to do fast food. Oh, ooh, that makes me sick to even think about touching someone's hair. Like, I, you know, you're finding out things about yourself. So you actually, it's a, you're doing what's called a process of elimination, aren't you, around what you don't want to do at least. So you're becoming closer to the idea. And that may take a while, but that's the part of the process. So don't beat yourself up about the pressure, but just actively look at things you enjoy and, and actively look at things, um, you know, look at businesses that are for sale. Maybe it might give you an idea. Oh, look, there's lots of hair salons for sale at the moment. You know, I, I do hair myself. Maybe I could get a salon. Why are they out of business? Could I improve on the service? Is that why everyone's selling at the moment? Um it's looking at the gaps and and what would make that better. Um, you know, it could even just be doing, a, I hate using the word just because it's mm. sort of like belittle things. It could be doing a mummy podcast like your beautiful yeah. sister yes. is, which she interviewed me on. Yes. Um, and, 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 and it's that sense of fulfilment. You know, maybe your idea might not even generate money. You, that's not your goal either. So that's okay. Being in business doesn't necessarily mean that you're necessarily going to be filthy rich out of it, and that doesn't have to be the case anyway. Um, so it's accepting that coming up with the idea, no matter how long it takes, is part of the process of that business. So, so valuable. And I think I just love the word that you use, which is, process. Mm. You know, I think many of us who maybe we've just seen businesses or we've jumped on Instagram and seen the the millions of followers people have on their accounts and their businesses and whatnot. And we we tend to perhaps not see it as a process. We see it as more, you know, and we've talked about this before, but more an outcome. Mm. You know, can you talk us through perhaps the first stage of the process? So let's just say the I don't want to put time on it because everyone's different, but, you know, maybe the first five years or the first two, three years Mm. of really, you know, once you've got that idea and once you're kind of okay with it, what do we do next? And, and, you know, how can we not put too high of expectations on ourselves in those first few years? Well, I think we can get stuck planning. And I Mm. think as soon as you've got an idea, you need to just get your bum off the chair and, and put it into action because... I do believe that if you have planned within an inch of your life, you might have missed the boat. Quite quite possibly someone's already run with the idea. And I'm very much a run with the idea and fix things along the way kind of person, as long as they're not insurmountable. I mean, I'm not, not stupid about it, but I do think that sometimes, especially especially now in the environment we live in, be a little bit different when it was just magazines and TV, but People work by the millisecond. Yeah. So if you've got an idea, you really need to get onto it. And if your packaging doesn't look that great, don't worry about it. Just get started. It's really the only advice I can, can say in respect to that. You just have to get started and you just have to start actioning things, putting things in place because you're planning to fail otherwise. 
if you start, you're in the race. If you don't and you're just planning everything with an inch of its life, you're probably too late to get started. And so I think you're just setting yourself up to fail. Like it's really about just getting in there, accept that there'll be some mistakes, make sure you have some parameters around uh, what those mistakes can be before they break you. Like if it's financial, like, okay, I really love this product idea and I'm going to make this product. The packaging looks crap, but I'm going to run with it. Um, I can't afford to lose more than a thousand dollars. Work out financially what that, the, the tipping point of failure turning into complete write-off is for you. And, and, and if it's that, just stick to those parameters, you know, and I think that makes it a lot easier to make your decisions when you know where that line needs to be drawn financially, emotionally, etc. But if you're not going to get started and you're going to be sitting there writing a business plan, and can I say I didn't have a business plan. I love that. I didn't even have a marketing. I had no plans. <laughs> it was just in my head. And to this day, I still, it's all in my head. It's just all in my head. I just action what's in my head. And, mm. and sometimes things don't work. And I go, okay, well, I could have spent 12 months planning that and that was 12 months worth of sales I didn't get because I was planning it or I could just jump with the idea, know what the threshold of money I can put into this is. So if it fails, well, at least I fail a lot quicker than planning for 12 months. Does that make sense? So I'd rather fail in a month over some increment or some business idea than have wasted 12 months because time is the only thing you can't get back. You can always get another business idea. You can always earn more money, but you can't get that time back. So I'd rather fail quick and just get on with it and change and pivot or switch or whatever the fancy words are now. Yeah. <laughs> All that fancy lingo. I love how, yes, I, I, I really couldn't agree more with that. But I think so many of us stop mm. right before we're about to launch or mm. you know, right before we're about to set up the Instagram page or whatnot, you know, why do we do that? And was there a point where you did that? And and how did you then push past that to just get it out there? Again, I think that comes back to us having self-doubt mm. and imposter syndrome, which we've discussed in previous podcasts, isn't it? And I think if you are really honest with yourself, why are you stopping? Why, why is this a, a block, a roadblock for you? And I bet you it's because you're fearing of being judged and failing. Um, what's the worst that's going to come out of that judgment? Someone thinks something of you that may or may not end up eventuating. Um, and if you fail, what's the worst of that? Will you just try again? So I think you really have to look at what's going to happen with these judgments or these things that you're thinking. And ultimately, is it is it death? Is it health? Is it take? It, it's not. That's the worst that can happen to you. Is your life is taken away from you? Your happiness is taken away from you. Um, you know, your child is not well. Look, they're things that matter. You failing at business or you not having as many customers as someone else, it's not important. It's Really, it's not. It's its about, the again, coming back to what's going to make me happy and content from this. I'm not going to probably have a one and a half million followers. That's cool. Have these negative conversations. The things that you're worried about, have those conversations with yourself and say to yourself, these things are going to happen. You are not, your brand is going to not look as good as the other ones on Instagram because you probably don't have the thousands of dollars yes. budget for the, although phones are a lot better these days. <laughs> um, you know, you're not going to have the one and a half million followers unless you want to buy them like some people do. Yeah. Like, you know, be be a little bit nasty to yourself. Mm. Pre, pre-kick yourself in the bum. 
Don't let someone else do it. Just do it yourself. So then when someone does try and bring you down, no, I've already been there. I've already <laughs> had this conversation with myself. There's nothing more negative you could already say. I've had that. I'm on, I'm moving on. So it's definitely understanding that you can't can't look like another brand. They've been around a lot longer or they've got investors or they've or it's their third or fourth business and they've got the money behind them. If you are someone like myself, and I can only speak from my own experience, if you're someone like me who's had to work from, you know, your own funding and your own expertise, you're the Jill of all trades, mm-hmm. you kind of just have to wing it and, and just get on with it and, and learn learn as fast and fail as fast as you can so you can just quickly make better decisions as you go. Um, Again, it just all comes back to these ridiculous expectations of ourselves. But if you don't get started, you're you're just not in the race to even have anything, are you? It's so it's so true, and we want to be in that race. We're going to get get ourselves in that race. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about funding and startup capital and all this stuff. You know, we hear these words all the time. You know, I've got an investor for my business. I'm going to get you know this X Y Z amount put in. It can be so overwhelming. Mm. You know, if you're just trying to. As you said, if you just if your goal is to just, I just kind of want to work for myself while I'm looking after my kids and I want to build something for me, you know, where do we start when it comes yeah. to to funding? And and I guess what was your journey like? Because finances is as much as we don't want to admit it, it is kind of the crux and of course say everything, but it's a lot to do with if the business is going to succeed or not. So of course, and we all we all want to have safety around, um, you know. Our affordability and, and not putting ourselves in a vulnerable situation. I totally get that. And again, um, before I talk about my experience, mm. how that started, I think you need to have that conversation with yourself with what is your threshold around. Some people have to have a house, some people need X amount of money in the bank. You know, what is your. Um, I guess it's like how comfortable are you? What's your comfort level around how much money you're putting on the line? And because if you go over that comfort level, you're going to then create issues for yourself mentally because you're constantly going to be worrying about that money all the time. So I think if you have a conversation with yourself, okay, I'm comfortable with putting $1,000, $100,000, whatever it is, on the line, you know you've got that tipping point where you then say, okay, well, maybe I need an exit strategy at that point because I'm not prepared to spend more than that. So set those parameters so that you are not constantly worrying about how much this is going to cost me or is this too much. Set your comfort level because it will make the business a lot easier when you know that, plus it will make it easier to decide whether you do want an investor or not um, or you do want to go and get extra finance, all of those things. For me, when I started Adorn, though, um, I really started it after I'd had a beauty salon for a few years. And I started Adorn because initially I wanted to be able to work around my boys. And so one of the things I noticed when I had the salon is that women really struggled with just basic makeup application. Not even that, more so just getting the right foundation colour. And so we would do that as part of the service in the salon. We would give them five minutes after a facial and put a little bit, just so they felt a little bit more fresh after they'd left. Um, And so I thought, I wonder if I could just teach these classes in people's homes, because then I can do after hours and weekends and that's when people would need them anyway. 
so I just started with that concept and I started with another brand that I was able to uh, sell and um, I won't name names because I don't <laughs> completely <laughs> like at the time no. I thought this is the bee's knees mm. but um, but me it was more about the freedom and to be able to work so it wasn't so much about being rich or wealthy or well-known. I just wanted to have that flexibility and have a little bit of money so that I wasn't forced to have to go back to work straight away. That's really how the idea started. So I would have these parties and there would be five or ten women and, of course, because I've taken the time to show them how to do it, they would buy the products and that's how I would make my money. And so as time went on, I kind of thought, hmm, I don't really like aspects of this this product and I started to really just look at, you know, I could actually probably make more money if I had my own products. Like why am I, this is this concept is working really well, helping women to look better, but ultimately I'm giving this work, to, I'm giving this to someone else because once yeah. I've gone, they're going to keep rebuying this product, aren't they? So I thought I need to look at how I could maybe create my own small line of products just so I could make a bit of extra money again, the class that was all mine. That was really how it all started. So, again, it was just a need that I had and something I knew I was capable of doing and something that I enjoyed doing. And so it didn't really become – it wasn't stressful because it just evolved from a need. And so as time went on and I – and I think developing and dawns a whole different bloody podcast. (laughs) But let's just say I had my little products and I was out there and I was doing my classes. As time went on, you know, people were ringing me up to reorder products um, and I also wasn't able to do all the classes that were getting booked in, so I had other people come on board as consultants to do the classes. I taught them how to, to to do them and then I'd have people ringing up and ordering products and I thought, I can't I can't keep doing this. So I started a little pathetic, crappy website <laughs> um, for people to order their products because I'm all, all about time and efficiency. So mm. for me, how can I do more with less? <laughs> um, and it's not being lazy, it's just being efficient. It's like, okay, how do I make more sales with less time? So, okay, I'll do a website. Now, 12 years ago, people were like, no one is going to buy makeup from a website, love. <laughs> they want to go to a shop and touch it, feel it and see it. And I'm like, well, I kind of don't have the money <laughs> to set up one so, of those Chanel stands. Yeah. So if they want this product, that's just how they're going to have to mm. get it. Again, it came back to what I could physically do with what I had Mm. and sometimes your limitations become the best thing for you because they constrain you from not being able to spend too much money or waste money or make decisions that end up not necessarily working out so for me the constraints I had have definitely been uh, the best thing that's ever happened to adorn 12 years on in hindsight because we've able to pivot very quickly. We, we really do work on a daily basis. So for me, um, you know, we worked with a consultant situation for a little while just because it evolved into that. And then I soon realised that wasn't going to work out. Um, and then, we, you know, we developed along the way. But mine was really finding the need. And uh, I guess looking at something that I was already really good at and that I enjoyed and just learning along the way on how I could improve this or how I could make more money from this or and again these are where the ideas just happen when you're in the moment of them happening. I actually could not agree more I think you know it comes back to what you were saying before around just starting because that's almost when the ideas start Mm. to flow so much more you understand a bit more and I love how your journey I loved how you broke that down for us your journey wasn't 
coming up with, you know, I the adorn. No, I did not come up with adorn. Yeah. And you should have seen the first logo I came up with. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. It had a diamond on it and it was just so oh, wrong town. Diamonds. I mean. Yeah, but this was just wrong town. Yeah. And, and you know, it was – I would never wanted yeah. – well, not that I just never even envisaged mm, this yeah. situation I'm in now. Yeah. I just wanted to have a bit of money so I didn't have to go back to work and be told what to do by <laughs> someone else. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so it's just so cool, and I think that, that you know it, it comes back to the idea again of we don't have to have that million dollar idea and have all the investors in God, it. No. You know, it can just be you know, and it's okay that it. Oh, I just don't really want to be told again, so I'm going to try and mm-hmm. do something on my own. You know, how I guess you know if we if we if we talk a bit more about those early days, and I guess you know the women sitting here probably thinking like I am, you know. Okay, well then it seems a bit more accessible. Then maybe I could just, you know, start baking classes and, and go from there. You know, mm-hmm. how when we're in the moment of it, and I know you're kind of this comes naturally to you, so it might be a bit hard to explain, but when we've just started out, let it be, you know, baking classes or all that initial podcast and and we're thinking now, oh maybe it could be we could take that next next step. How do we know what that next step is, or how can we identify opportunities while we're when we've just started? Yeah, I I think that the more people you can talk to about something, the better. Again, accepting that not everybody may like your idea. That doesn't mean it's not the right one or it's not going to work. There's lots of people that don't wear makeup in the world. They're not going to sit. And if I ask that one person, and I don't realise I don't wear makeup, and they say, oh, I don't think it'll work. Well, it's because mm-hmm. there's a block there I didn't know about and what I've not done my idea because of the wrong asking the wrong person. So it's really finding the right people um, and then, you know, I think getting them together, whether it's a phone conversation, whether it's putting some sort of a questionnaire together around their thoughts, the classes was just, you know, really for me looking back at it, what an awesome idea because mm-hmm. I really had my own uh you know, I suppose, um, opportunity to trial things Mm, on people without a massive, you know, outlay. So I was able to, you know, five to ten women a couple of times a week have my own little trial groups of women that I was like, oh, I don't really see. I could physically see Mm. their reactions. They're not really liking that colour. or So that's sort of how I learnt myself was the classes. And I, I do think that if you can get some people together, and it's so easy now on Facebook and things like that where you might do a little private group and just say, I'm going to run some polls, I'd love for you to to do this. Maybe you want to send some free products off to a few people and then they have to send some sort of response or questionnaire back. Um, it doesn't have to cost a lot. You just need to make sure you're asking the right people and you're also asking people that will give you honest feedback um, and that you'll take the feedback as it's intended. So sometimes the feedback might be, oh, I don't really love the colour. Well, that's okay. That's so subjective, isn't mm. it? Colour's subjective because so many people like different things. Uh, I don't really like the packaging because I prefer one with a lid and well, someone else might say something different. Mm. So there's still got to be some flexibility in your mind and your approach towards the feedback you get as well because you don't have a, a million-dollar budget to go and do test cases everywhere or set up a lab and, and you know, or, or whatever, or do control testing. I'm not talking about animal testing, guys. I'm talking about, you know, pe- like marketing and testing and you, you probably don't have that. So, again, it's about 
asking the right questions to the right people, but understand that you definitely haven't ever asked enough people. You've never asked enough questions. So then work out what the parameters are for your finances that you're comfortable with. Acknowledge, okay, this is the feedback I've got, but it's really a very small group of people I've got this from. So I'm comfortable with investing $1,000. I think the three items of the five are definite. Might get quite a few of those products, but the other two, not so many. And then you start to sell those products. You start to get feedback. Now, if you're not growing in those areas, you'll soon know after a quarter or two that that product's really not selling that well. So, okay, I'll drop that one off and bring something else in. And as your customer base gets bigger, whether it's for a service or or whether it's for a class or whether it's, it's a product, you can always give free ones away to get their feedback. And you can learn to adjust as you go along. And I think the adjustment method and uh, is, is the most effective. You're just adjusting what you're doing along the way and just being open to feedback and everything that you're doing, use it as an opportunity to get feedback. You know, what other products would you, you know, Michelle, I know you love buying, you, you bought this drink bottle. What would have been convenient on my store? Would you have liked to have seen to you know, because people are time poor. So maybe your idea was this funky new drink bottle and you've got no interest in anything else. Mm. But people are time poor. They don't want to have to go to another Mm. website. So maybe selling a sweat towel with that would be awesome. Um, And I can only say that was an experience that I had. I've been looking Mm. for gym towels (laughs) and it's like, you know, I want to have all these things together. So that's where you can really expand your business and your offering and it might not be necessarily things you're passionate about but makes sense for the customer too around the core thing or the core product that you're you're passionate about um but don't be overwhelmed by getting everything right and having your product right or your service right uh because it never will be and the minute you think it is then you've probably getting a bit too arrogant because things can always change okay they always evolve there's always a better way of doing things but just get started learn on the job I think um and and just take on as much feedback as you can but don't wait don't just don't wait just get started Mm, mm. don't wait I absolutely love it I'd love to talk a bit about side hustles versus main hustles and there's Mm. all these terms these days but you know let's just say, I mean, in your case, you, you were a new mum and, and this is kind of like you wanted this to, to make this your thing, mm. you know, even if it was on the side of, of your parenting and whatnot. For those of us who perhaps, you know, we're in our full-time gigs and, and jobs and whatever it may be and we've got this inkling to, you know, start that side hustle, mm. at, at what point, and I know this is so subjective, but I think yeah. this is questions everyone will want to know, like, when do I go in full time? You know, if I'm if I'm got that side hustle going, yeah. You know, if if I've got my main hustle and I'm doing a side job, when do I go in full full time yes. again? You know, how can we navigate that? And and what would be your advice around that? Yeah, look, I think if you were someone who had an inheritance sitting in your bank account and uh, you came up with an idea, you'd give up your job and it, it would be all fine. So again, it is super subjective. Maybe you've got a partner who you know, is in a situation that you, you're you not relied on for income. So there is much more flexibility around you jumping into your idea and, and wholeheartedly committed to it. Um, you know, if you're someone who's living week to week, that's just not the reality, is it? So I get that. Um, 
again, I think it comes back to you understanding what your level of, uh, you know, where, where the stress would tip over for you. You know, it's, it's just a mathematical, factual thing. You know, what amount of money do you need so you don't have someone knocking on your door, taking your house off you or kicking you out of your apartment? You know, what money do you need? You actually have to guarantee you earn each week. Um, and maybe what you need to do with your side hustle as it starts put that money aside so that you've got 12 months, two years, whatever aside, so you've got that money there so that then you can, okay, you've got to commit or I'm going to I have to commit 12 months, two years of side hustle or however long it takes to get that amount of money so that I've got breathing space for 12 months or so and I can commit to this. Um, and you might find your side hustle just turns around so quickly that it's not even a thought you need to have to worry about. You're just like, wow, I've got so much work. I, I'm literally torn. I'm, I'm having to tell my boss I can't come in tomorrow or, you know, and I think, look, not every company is going to be flexible, but you might be able to have that conversation and say, look, is there part-time hours around? Because I, and I think if you're a, a golden nugget, they don't want to let go. I think they're going to be happy to have you there no matter how much it might be. But you might say to them, look, can I do my 30 or 40 hours over four days instead of five days? Um, I've got some girls here that do that. Um, and that's fine. Or can I just... Sh- cut it back one day a week. So you're just slowly getting that extra day in. So when I started Adorn, I didn't have the money for the products. So um, I had to save a little bit from the classes for the original product I was selling, but it wasn't quite enough. So what I did was set up a waxing room in my home and was doing Brazilians, eyebrows, chin, lip, like, you know, I didn't mind doing that. I mean, I love it. No, you know, like I'd love doing eyebrows. But but it was something I was good at and something I was prepared to do to help fund the adorn. So I knew I had to do it. Like this, I'm not going to lie, the sacrifices you have to yeah. make. And I, I guess the question is, are you prepared to make those sacrifices? And most often it's going to be your time. That's the thing that's going to be sacrificed the most. So if you think that you can work and have a side hustle, have a social life, be fit, and you're like, I don't know, raise kids, I'd like to meet you um, because I'm not sure how you're doing all of that. It's it's really a sacrifice that you need to be prepared to give or, or to make in respects to maybe gaining more time in the future. And that's how I looked at it, that, okay, I may be, really pretty much working all the time, whether I'm in mum mode or adorn mode or waxing mode. Um, You know, I don't have the time to have lattes and things, but, you know, anyone that counts sticks around and you really have to focus on what is your main priorities right now. And if that's your priority, then you need to understand that you can't be all things to everyone least of all yourself. So you go to your job, you do your side hustle, maybe you commit to, um, Thursday and Friday nights, that's the the time that you commit to that because you do need some mental health space. So it's really setting out a schedule and some expectations of yourself and understanding there are sacrifices. Um, If you're lucky enough, you might evolve into that role and and can get rid of your your job. Um, But for somebody else, you might need to work on, again, how much you need. And it really depends, again, like if I was, if I had the forethought that I was going to start Adorn then... Well, I would have had to have saved up a shitload yeah. of money to give up my day job. Yeah. Okay, so it just it, I, 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 I don't know if I would have been prepared to do that. Like, 
Um, but because my goal then was to just have enough money to not have to work, so I was always happy to get a few hundred dollars a week, if I'm honest. Um, so for me to have a few hundred dollars a week, if you're in a job and that's all you need is $300 a week and that's all you're ever really wanting, for you to save that up is probably going to be pretty quick. So you're probably going to be able to move into your hustle pretty quick if that's all you need to live on. Um, but if you're someone who's got goals and aspirations of earning, you know, five grand a week, you've got this lifestyle you want, then you're probably going to have to save up a bit more money. So, again, it really comes back to who are you, what do you really want what do you actually have to have or what do you need? And once you've written those things down, it becomes very clear uh, the reasons or what you need to do moving forward. You know, this year I think I feel like so many of us have gone, wow, I can go without that or, you know, I can go without that as well and maybe I don't actually need that. And I feel like it's made so many of us think or view life differently, mm. you know, and I think that that thank provides, goodness. thank goodness. <laughs> I think that provides so much more, I guess, breathing room or opportunity for us to just think about things we could do. So, you know, if we put, if we keep that in mind, you know, if perhaps, you know, the, the women out there listening are thinking, well, I thought I used to have to have $5,000 to live every week, mm. but now I realize I only need a thousand. Yes. You know, I'd love to, I guess, dive a bit deeper into this idea of, of living a bit more lean or, you know, mm. without or, yes. or going without in certain situations. I think it ties back to exactly minimalism. Was, minimalism. Yeah. And exactly what you were saying around sacrifice. I think definitely my generation and even, you know, others, but, you know, before me and all of that, this idea of sacrifice sounds kind of, we don't really like this no. idea of it, but I think this year we've realised that sacrifice might actually not be a bad thing. Correct. Could you talk to us a little bit about how we can scale back on our lifestyle mm. and to perhaps set ourselves up with, you know, a business in the future or with um, going on a holiday every year in the future at some point? Yeah. Again, I think we've learnt in more recent times that, we don't need to go and have an expensive wine to enjoy someone's company. Uh, you know, or whilst it's not ideal to be sitting on um, the laptop chatting with your best friend, I mean, really, you could go to the park and um, why not make a coffee from home and put it in your your carry mug and, and sit there with your friend. So, again, everybody's finances and situation is different, but I do think, again, where are the little sacrifices that you can make? You don't have to... A sacrifice is not a in respects to your happiness it's not this is sacrifice of what you're doing with your time it's altering what you're doing with your time you're not sacrificing your life it's just changing what you're doing a little bit like a business you sometimes have to change things to become more successful or change the product to make that more successful or a better product all you're doing is pivoting your lifestyle a little bit so that what's super important to you eventuates. So it could be the little things, like I said, take your own coffee to a park. Um, you know, it could be that, you know, you do Pilates on your laptop, not go into. So where can you save some money? Um, but what's what's also a no-go for you? Like for me, doing Pilates via the internet is a no-go zone for me. I just can't do that. I've tried it, forget it. So I've got to go in there. So what are the things you have to have because it, it's just it 
makes you you and then what are the things you can definitely do without and simplicity it's a little bit like when you declutter or you clean out have a spring clean how damn good do you feel because it's like all of a sudden you've got less to worry about so simplicity is definitely the key to happiness. The more you feel complex or when a mathematical equation's complex, it's overwhelming. But if someone says to you, what's well, 2 minus 2, that's simple and easy. It's like, oof. So it's about the complexity of something. Try to pare things back. Look at how can I minimalise my life because then the decisions become easier and you've got more room in your mind for creative thought and for creative anything. I, I think that if you're overwhelmed with, oh, I've got to catch up with her. Oh, I haven't seen her. I better see her too because I saw the other two friends. Oh, I haven't exercised. I better do four times this week because I didn't do two last time. Um, you know, all these expectations you're having on yourself, you're so overwhelmed. There is no molecule of brain cell left that's going to be productive to allow you to think of a business or allow you to even want to have the energy to do your side hustle. If you're day-to-day job and your after-hours living is so extreme, and maybe it's so extreme and you don't even know, it's become the norm. Um, You know, I think you can really only focus on a few things in life. You know, your career, um, maybe it's a job and a side hustle and your health. Um, Maybe you might have a little bit extra for a special someone. Um, It's about pulling back those three or four things, or it might give you five things, and that's all you can. That's all you can commit to at the moment. And once you can do that, everything else becomes so much simpler, and you've got more energy to commit to those things. Do do everything well. Don't spread yourself so thin that you're just constantly just just meandering on. Like do things well rather than just trying to get by. Oh, I absolutely love that, and I'm. I've loved this discussion. I'm sure the women out there listening are are writing down, starting to brainstorm their business ideas or thinking about how they can progress their side hustle while also not overwhelming themselves. I love that last, you know, response, just being realistic about things. And and so I think we'll wrap it there, but thank you so much, Bryony. Every time it's so great, you know, and I'm excited for the next, um, the next episode, but hopefully everyone gains, gains a lot of value from this series. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things Adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.